Today, my husband is back on with me, and we're talking about supporting your spouse through mental health challenges. We discuss how your spouse's mental health journey can be a chance to reshape your love and replace that fear with understanding and turn that isolation into connection. We also talk about how marriages are not immune to mental health challenges, but they can be a safe place for healing and growth. So if you're wondering how to show up better for a loved one who's struggling with depression or anxiety or any other mental health challenge, today's episode will help you better understand what to do in those shadow lands of life. Let's jump in. Hey parents, welcome to Fulfillment Therapy. Do you want to raise your kids better and have a stronger marriage? Are you up late at night researching marriage and parenting tools and self-care tips? Do you start each day hoping for deeper connections and less chaos, but it ends with family arguments and going 12 different directions again? My name's Kendra, wife, mom, therapist, and growth enthusiast. It wasn't until I discovered how to fulfill my unmet needs that I was finally able to show up as my best self, as a spouse and parent. I realized that by meeting my needs, I could more fully meet the needs of my family with more energy and less resentment. In this podcast, I teach parents skills like boundary setting, prioritizing personal needs, communication, and claiming ownership. Just like my clients, you'll be shocked by the improvement in your marriage, parenting, and personal life when you focus on fulfilling your important unmet needs. Ready to prioritize yourself so you can quit mentally throat-punching people? Then grab those earbuds and head outside, and let's walk and talk. Welcome back to Fulfillment Therapy. Today I have my handsome husband on yet again. I had him on once quite a while ago, but today he's going to be here talking about the topic, how to support your spouse through mental health challenges. And you're pretty qualified to talk about this for a number of reasons. Number one, you've been a counselor for quite a while and you have a lot of clients that struggle with this, but also speaking to our own experience a little bit. So you have any thoughts before we jump into anything? No, thanks for having me on. Just excited to be here. Well, thank you for coming. Joel and I have both struggled with situational depression on and off throughout our marriage. I know I definitely had some postpartum depression when you were in grad school. I remember sometimes when you were struggling. Sure. And back and forth, we both have had situational depression, I would say. Yeah, if you've got a pulse, you've probably struggled at times with situational depression. <laughs> that's true. So you're saying everybody. Yeah. I think that's a valid point. So my question for you, Joel, is especially for wives out there, I've had a lot of women reach out to me saying, I don't really know what to do when my spouse is struggling. He's been down for a while and nothing I do seems to matter. What tips do you have for us? Because you also went through it and with clients, like, what do you think helps? Sure. Well, those going through it, it's can be really rough. I mean, obviously it's, it can be pretty impairing. I think being able to start from a position of just watching and listening. If your spouse is struggling, try not to jump to too much judgment too quickly, but just watching and listening. And then being able to reframe 
what they're experiencing and what you're observing with some pretty grounded, kind thoughts. I think it really helps. Being able to reframe it within understanding what their needs are. I remember when this was happening to us, sometimes it was really, well, it was often very challenging, feeling helpless and not knowing what to do. And the feedback that you gave me is like, I guess, similar to what we often tell our spouses as women, but don't necessarily try to fix it. Just be there for me empathetically. And just often you just want me to hold you and not personalize it, but just allow for your own timing in that journey without too much pushing. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, for sure. There does come a time where, I mean, so we're watching and we're listening, right, with our ears and our eyes, and then we're trying to frame their struggle with understanding of maybe how their needs are being met, or is their life balanced? I mean, you look at the wellness wheel, when there's imbalance, there's there's incongruence with values or just human needs, then there's going to be depression and anxiety. But if it gets to the point where they're not course correcting, you know, that's the benefit of being in a relationship, right? Is being able to lean on each other and and intervene and support. So that leads to then like directly asking like, what's up? What's going on? Can you think of times in the past, Kendra, where I've done that with you? Yeah, I think you're pretty compassionate and generally understanding when I am going through things. Over time, as we've got to know each other better, you've given me space to do that without feeling, I think, anxious or this need to fix it. But just being loving and patient. So after our oldest son was born, when we lived in Minnesota, I remember you struggling with postpartum. And at that point, I didn't have a lot of insight into it, but I remember sitting down in the living room with you. Do you remember that yellow pad of paper and we were like going over things? Do you remember that? I don't, but I do remember how dark it was. And it wasn't just even uh, postpartum. It was also because we lost a child, a miscarriage. And that's one when they thought it might have been twins. Which was a very dark time for a while after that for both of us. Because you also lost lost your job a couple times around that same time. Mm -hmm. That perfect storm, I think, for both of us. And we were both really struggling with our mental health. Yeah. It was just one job at that time, but there was a lot of uncertainty, right? One thing to consider that I think is if our spouse is struggling, do they have any insight in it? If we're offering a warm ear and we are really open to them, when we ask why they think they're struggling or what's up, maybe just assessing the relationship. Like if the relationship's not in a good spot, not a lot of deposits have been made. I mean, maybe even before asking what's up there should be some deposits made in the relationship. Getting really boldly and courageously honest with yourself, if you're the one that's seeing your your spouse struggle and saying, is there anything I'm doing that's contributing to this? That's not to be able to place blame, but it's to be able to leverage ownership and, and influence. Right? I like that. So this personal inventory to kind of just check what kind of bids am I putting to the relationship? Am I really being as supportive as I can be? Or are there other distractions that is preventing me from showing up in the way that will help them? Right. Have you earned the right to look them in the eye and say, hey, what's up? Yeah. Or are they going to be like, what do you think's up? (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes I don't even think we have to know exactly what's up, but how can I be there for you in the way that you need right now? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't even have to say that with words. 
obviously that helps too, but how you're showing up to them, even just with your nonverbals, really conveys like, am I present with them? Am I here to hold them, to touch them, to be patient and non-judgmental and have that unconditional love? Hmm. Now I say these things and is that easy? No, I, I think it stirs something in me when I see you struggling, when I see you consistently down. That can be triggering to me because I worry what that's going to do for conflict in the home or what that means for stability for the family. You know, like, I think we all respond in different ways and it can be triggering sometimes. So it pays to take care of each other. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that reminds me of a couple of quotes I wanted to read. One is by Dr. Terry Real, and he said, A spouse's mental health journey is an opportunity for couples to redefine love, replacing fear with understanding and isolation with connection. And that reminds me, I don't remember if you're the first one that told me about it, but that TED talk about how the opposite of addiction is connection. Well, anytime there's connection, it's going to help anything. So in this case, mental health struggles Mm -hmm. are going to be improved with connection. And to your point there, attachment, a relationship between two people, the attachment that's there, like it's human to co-regulate, like children and babies co-regulate off of their mother, their father. Adults co-regulate off of their peers or their significant other. Like That's just part of being human in a relationship is that we co-regulate that way. When the connection's not there, then all of a sudden we become a lot more vulnerable and less resilient. And So another quote here by David, Dr. David... Snarch. Snarch. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Marriage isn't a sanctuary from mental health challenges. It's a safe place where healing and understanding can flourish. I like that because it's saying it's not a sanctuary, but it's just a safe place. What you were just speaking to with... Co-regulating? Well, that and attachment. Our marriage, hopefully, is the most safe and secure relationship that we have. And if that is true, then that's a place where healing and understanding can flourish. And what's funny about that is that is true. And there are going to be seasons where your spouse simply can't show up for you. Absolutely. And you have to just accept that they're not going to show up for you. It's sad, but it's just the reality. And I think this is where being able to have our own identity, we've individuated from our parents and differentiated ourselves from our parents. And then we've done the same thing. We've gone through that same process of dependence to independence to interdependence, right? We do it in our childhood and we do it in adulthood with our significant other. But being able to have that differentiation, that individuation, that identity sound and secure within ourselves, but then also with God. Because there have been times, Kendra, in our marriage where like I made you my God. I think it was it was in a counseling session. I turned to you and I said, I need to apologize. Do you remember this? I don't, but you said it since and I can understand what you're getting at. Yeah. I was like, I've made you my God, and that's not fair to you, and it's not effective or healthy for our relationship or for me, you know? But there was a lot of growth that's happened since then and through all that. I never want to give the false notion that because I'm doing a fulfillment podcast or a mental health podcast that I have it all together or that we do. Like I think we learn from each other's challenges. And yes, we're both counselors, but we've had a lot to navigate in our marriage and in our own mental health challenges. Really quickly before I go into that, though, what you said reminded me of this other quote. This is by Dr. Harville Hendricks. And he said, in the dance of marriage, 
Sometimes one partner takes the lead in supporting mental health, but both must be willing to move to the rhythm of understanding. So yeah, sometimes one of us is going to have to be that leading person that is going to have to be really the healthier one. Yeah, and I think that can be the case in different ways simultaneously, right? Like For example, there are times where I've shown up for our family and for our marriage um, financially, right? Like I've just been consistent that way, but I'm not in the greatest space with maybe my mental health, but I haven't ever stopped financially. And you show up and you're more present and, and grounding at home with the kids. So in that way, we're able to kind of balance each other out. Yeah, for sure. So what you said about, but both must be willing to move to the rhythm of understanding, Dr. Harville's quote there, mm -hmm. that rhythm of understanding, I think that's what allows us to go to the next level in our relationships is, is having that joint understanding, right? So being able to first, first watch and listen and reframe our spouse's state and behaviors. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we can understand and have joint understanding with, like when I shared with you, like the ownership cycle, the victim cycle, like that's something that we've been able to jointly, like a lens that we can look through, right? Mm -hmm. And hopefully never like weaponize that information, but like use it to stand shoulder to shoulder on higher grounds together. One of the things is just healthy need fulfillment, being able to understand wellness and what that looks like and the different parts of it, you know? Yeah, and I'm just thinking in our individual challenges, too, like we've been mentioning throughout, if we're really examining our own specific trial, like that time you mentioned in Minnesota for me, or primarily taking care of four young children and feeling like at my max. Yeah. I think in those moments when I was struggling the most with my mental health, what helped for me was when you showed up tenderly and patiently and you just held me. And you weren't impatient with my setbacks because I was already so hard on myself that I just needed to know that you loved me despite my flaws and that we'd get through this mm -hmm. and you could honor my timing while not being like complacent and just like, however long you just want to pout or <laughs> struggle is fine. But like this healthy support that was there, but not this pressure and this irritation. Right. I think that's what helped me the most. I guess even just wrapping this episode up, what would you say maybe a few of the main things that helped you when you were struggling? Getting into the core needs of things. We have core needs and when they're met, and that's the that's the essence of ministering, right? We have survival needs, we have love and belonging needs, we have power needs, which is about competency, feeling good at something. Freedom and fun needs variety, right? And I think one of the most simple ones for me that's most regulating, physical touch, right? Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah, I think that's interesting you say that because that doesn't surprise me because I know you well, but Joel's love language is physical touch. But I think any of us, when we're really struggling, when there's that touch, often, not always, but that is part of what reconnects us, if it's that loving, compassionate touch. But it doesn't have to be. Maybe for some people, it's that space and those acts of service. Like when I'm really struggling and you come and massage my shoulders, that's totally a plug, by the way. If you want to do that later, it's totally fine with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that was always very helpful. Or Absolutely. getting a bath ready for me or just 
Oh, playing with my hair. Like those little bids, like you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. were huge. Do you like it when I play with your hair? Yeah, definitely. Your golden locks. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think too, just a last thought is once we've joined and we're emotionally with our spouse, it's from that emotional connection, not the logic of, well, you just need to focus on these things. Let's just get going again. You'll feel better. That's not going to be helpful. But when we join with our spouse, we're in, when they're in that impaired low state or that highly anxious state, when we validate where they're at and join with them. So now we're with them. What does that mean? We're emotionally with them. Then at that point, they have the ability to kind of yoke up with us and then there's traction and they want to move forward. But from a state of loneliness and impairment already to just demand that they walk the distance to meet up with you, that's not how it works. But once they're in a better spot, then we can get a little more clear on things. We can set some goals joint goals, have more support and accountability, and then increase motivation together. I appreciate you ending with that. I always think about this when somebody says something along these lines of Brene Brown's empathy video. It's Mm -hmm. pretty short. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes. But it's just like this guy going down that ladder into this little tunnel or dark cave to his friend that was struggling. And instead of being that person from the top looking down and giving them advice or telling them a silver lining. Like what they actually need is for you to go down there with them and just hold them, hold their hand and just being a witness to their pain, just being present with them. That's really all they need. Those mental health challenges might be a long journey. We don't know. This could be a small thing. It could be quite long. Yeah. So it's easier said than done. But these are just a few tips to help you if your spouse is struggling on both sides. I just want to close with one last quote from Dr. John Gottman. And he said, in a marriage, mental health challenges aren't roadblocks. They're detours that lead to deeper understanding and compassion. It was very much what you talked about. So, Yeah, I like that a lot. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. One last thing is there are limitations to that. Sometimes we get stuck. And we can go down and like be with people. Our partners are not really ready to step up. We don't have to stay down there because right. they need us to go back to the surface, right? And to keep walking. So. Yeah. Don't like over-identify it. Let it pull you down. In those moments, be there with them. And then you come back up and you... And you take care of yourself. Yeah. And you probably are going to have yeah. to do more of the grunt work with taking care of the family during this time sure. too. Emotionally or even otherwise. And for all those those bids and dividends that you're putting into the marriage that maybe during a time of imbalance with who's doing what, there is interest and there is power in, in that. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you coming and I'm sure I'll be back on for a lot of other things to pick your brain if you're okay with that. I'm actually surprised I haven't had you on more. I think I've just well, been plugging away. But you haven't been able to afford me till lately. Sure. I know. Thank goodness I can afford you now. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, my friends, and we will see you back here soon with another riveting episode. I'm not even sure what it's going to be, but it's going to be amazing. So stay tuned in a few days. (laughs) Looking forward to it. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode on supporting your spouse through mental health challenges. It's definitely something we all need a little more help navigating. And now that the workshop is over, all we have on the table now is the retreat And the window is rapidly closing for time for you to sign up. We just have a couple spots left. So 
sign up with a best friend, make this happen, and join our lovely group of women. So far, it's all women. (laughs) That may or may not change. As we go to beautiful Costa Rica for a six-day, six-night stay. This is in a private villa overlooking the bay. And this is specifically an adventure and personal growth retreat with transformative training sessions and adventure excursions like zip lining through the jungle and hanging bridges through the rainforest, a 1,500-foot jungle water slide, waterfall hikes, hot springs, volcanic mud baths, snorkeling with sea life, sailing, surfing, saunas, and more. I feel like I'm on (laughs) The Wizard of Oz. Sign up on fulfillmenttherapy.org for one of those last spots. And I did just open, like I've mentioned a couple times, our one-on-one coaching. You can also go to fulfillmenttherapy.org to sign up for that as well. All right, my friends, wishing you the best as always. Have a fantastic, beautiful, glorious, fulfilled week, and I'll see you back here soon. Take care. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, chances are someone else would too. Would you take 30 seconds to share this with a friend who's looking for greater family fulfillment? And while you're sharing, tell me what you think about the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It refuels me when I hear this podcast is helping you. No matter what your house or your hair looks like. I'll meet you back here every Monday and Thursday morning for more episodes. Until then!